0: Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 620. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And I am here with Brandon today. And I want to remind you to go check out MarkinOut.com. Make sure that you are listening to all of our previous episodes over on Spotify and also on Amazon Podcasts and wherever else you may be listening to podcasts. Except make sure for Apple. that you, yeah, <laughs> asterisks, except for Apple. And make sure that you buy a t shirt, slash Markin out. Also, give us a follow over on TikTok, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Twitch, and like us over on Facebook, and subscribe on YouTube. But that being said,
1: Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome, as always. How about yourself? Doing amazing! How was your week? Well, given that it's Hanukkah, Hanukkah. I I decided to make homemade applesauce and latkes, which I had okay. never made from scratch before and the applesauce is good it's brown i think because i put too much cinnamon and i left the the apple skins on so it turned it like a darker color i I was gonna say it looked a little bit darker yeah but but it's like i think it's maybe the best applesauce that i've ever had sometimes when you leave the
0: skin on it it does taste a little bit better though i'm I'm getting little like skin pieces though so i don't like that Uh, that's uh I mean, is it is it at
1: least softened or no? Yeah, it's it's normal. It's like, it's um smoother than normal applesauce. Well, I mean, skin-wise, is it skin? Oh, yeah, least, no, like, the skin-wise, it, it... it's not like a, a big bother or anything. Okay. It's just kind of annoying that there's skin. Yeah, there. I hear you. And what about the latkes? Those were a pain in the ass. Why? What's wrong with them? Like, no, nothing's wrong with them but to do like i can't see myself putting all that work to make them again how much work did it take you so i used a food processor for the very first time and that was like like heaven's blessed or whatever <laughs> cuz mm-hmm. like st- sitting there with an actual grater and grating the the onions and potatoes together i don't think i could do that but even like wringing out all the liquid and everything, it's like, I can't physically do stuff like that anymore. So it like hurts to do that. So I I mean, mm-hmm. I did do it, but it really hurt to do it. And then um, like mixing all the stuff together, that was fine. And I just hate frying because like, yeah. I just, I don't know. And for some reason, the oil, I don't know if it was too hot or what. I don't think it was too hot. But it was like splashing before anything even got into the the pan. So I don't know if the the pan had moisture in it. It probably had to have for it to have done that. But Mm -hmm. I just hate that. And then even though I said I wasn't going to, I made burgers inside the house again, which was in a pan. Okay. And I really hate doing that. And this time they were (laughs) pretty rare in the middle. Okay. So I had to microwave them. And the, cause there was like no way I was going back to, to cooking again. Yeah, cause I had already cleaned up. Yeah. Which I, I really, I should have just grilled them instead of doing it, but it was in the thirties. So I was like, do I want to do that? Mm-hmm. And then I had more ground beef and I'm like, maybe I should go out and grill,
0: <laughs> but
1: mm-hmm. it was still really cold. So I, I made ground beef for tacos, which I typically don't like, but, I used what I had, and I made some pico de gallo, and, and I had corn tortillas and queso fresco, and it was really good. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. How, Very about, cool. Uh, how about your week?
0: Well, this weekend was my dad's birthday, so what we ended up doing was we ended up going uh, on the podcast. I spoke about Spark's Steakhouse last week, and my dad liked uh, what he heard on the podcast, um, no, he, he doesn't listen, oh, but he, he did see the picture, <laughs> but he did see the picture of, uh, the steak that I got and he was down. So ended up going to Sparks steakhouse for dinner again. Um, and I got to say, I, I really enjoyed the experience of it. I thought it was really, really nice. um, it's really just a an old-school kind of a vibe, and I liked it. I'm a big fan of it. I think that the food is delicious. The service is really great. Um, it's not too noisy. It's not too dim. It's really the perfect setting. Um, and then, while we were sitting there eating, who was at the table by our side? It was the man himself. Becky Santa. Lynch. Oh. Yes, Becky Lynch was there. No, no, it was Santa. Santa Claus. Yes, that's right. Um, I know many of you were guessing Santa out there. So, of course, we uh, proceeded to speak to Santa. And Santa ended up sitting at our table. So, I should clarify, my mom went over to speak to Santa Claus. Um, and Because Santa was sitting by himself. So my mom went over and talked to him, and we, I joined, and then we invited him to sit at our table, and he joins us at our table, and we proceed to speak for probably an hour and a half, uh, just talking. Um, but Santa was in town from uh, San Francisco, which is just a little bit south of the North <laughs> Pole. Um, it was on a detour from doing all the, the gift-giving. Apparently uh, he, he was. He friends does the with gift the... giving
1: on the twenty fourth, doesn't he?
0: Exactly. Yeah, but he has to prepare. You know, he has to prepare. Um, apparently, Santa was friends with a lot of people, like a lot of old writers from SNL and stuff like that too. So it was interesting to hear some stories about him, like playing uh, cards with like Norm McDonald.
1: That's cool.
0: Yeah, he was saying that he used to play cards with, well, at least one time Santa played cards with uh, Norm (laughs) Macdonald. And it was cool to hear like stories like that. And it was very cool. It was it was special. You know, it was special. And just to hang out with Santa on my dad's birthday. It was just so obscure.
1: It's a New York City moment.
0: Yeah. And it was just it was a nice moment, though. It was a nice moment. Um, And I really, I love New York
1: City. It's funny that uh, you bring up Santa Claus because there's a a TikTok filter that's a Santa Claus thing. mm -hmm. So I recorded a video for my niece and (laughs) when we were doing a Hanukkah thing on FaceTime, Mm -hmm. I sent it to my brother and he played it for her. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) And, And my brother is like, what was she she was saying something like um i i don't know if she was saying like it's santa it's santa and then my dad was like he didn't know that i sent her a video so my dad's like no it's hanukkah so she thought the person in the video was named hanukkah ah <laughs> i love her I so much i thought that much. was really funny
0: oh that's really sweet that's cool um yeah but that was my week that was your week how about we talk about the week itself in hanukkah did you get anything for hanukkah no
1: i feel like you ask me this every year and actually i shouldn't say no my nana gives us gifts every year still so yeah your nana is
0: awesome i actually still remember that she used to send me a uh, cards as a kid yeah your uncle and your they... uncle
1: is quite uh pissed off because you were born yeah, yeah. Because yeah, when you I... were born, he stopped getting. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your grandpa. I remember getting a
0: like birthday card with so like Superman on it. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. But All right, so that being said, let's get on to it and let's talk
1: about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns who apparently weren't actually there opened the show and Roman Reigns spoke about Kevin Owens and John Cena and then he said Kevin Owens will probably need the entire Raw locker room to have his back just because Cena is not going to be enough and then it cuts to the bloodline attacking the raw locker room Mustafa Ali was there, Andre Chase was there. It continued throughout the night. I'll put a pin well, in of that course, right now.
0: Of course Mustafa Ali was there. I mean, I the just guy's said been what do you mean? I know, but of course, I mean, he's been getting the beatdown brunt of like week after week after week, which I think is going to play into a storyline at some point. I don't. You, you don't think so? I, I mean, probably not. I don't know.
1: What makes a s- uh, killer match with Axiom on, on main event this week, though.
0: Yeah, I saw that they put on a really awesome match. You really don't think that all the beatdowns and stuff? And At one point, toss- yes, but now, like, now you just think that he's just like the extra guy that they're like, oh, Mustafa Ali's there. I, all right, I don't let's toss him. Unless, I don't know. I, I hope we're both wrong then. I I hope that it's to something you know, but yeah. So that was taking place throughout the entire night. But the first match of the evening was the Street uh, street, profit, uh, street Profits picking up a victory over Judgment Day. Um, I don't know. It's
1: were you into this match? Um, not really. But like Akira Tozawa was out there. And he yeah. ends up throwing a drink into Damian Priest's face, which distracted Finn Balor. And then Montez Ford was able to get that quick roll up, which I'm not really a fan of the match, but Rhea Ripley afterwards gets in Akira Tozawa's face, knocks him down, and then challenges him to a match. And the Street Profits end up talking Tozawa into it. That part I'm a fan of.
0: I agree with you. I, I liked
1: this the, the the next match that followed it. Yeah, Rhea Ripley picked up the victory over Tazawa, and Tazawa in the match is just like struggling because he just he can't hit her. Yeah. I think it was a lot of nothing, but it was still really cool to get this match.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that to, there's, I, it, it's like they're starting to tease intergender wrestling here and there. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I think that I whenever they have like Judgment Day and matches, especially tag team with like Street Profits and stuff stuff like that. I find myself more entertained
1: by Rhea Ripley and Dominic. Yeah, and and all of the members got involved during this, but I think it was very obvious that it was Rhea Ripley's match to win.
0: Yeah, if it wasn't going to be Rhea
1: Ripley, it would have been like an accidental, like a quick roll-up pin, you know? But if they want to give Rhea Ripley a singles title, like the U.S. Championship or something, I don't think I'd be against that.
0: I agree with you. I mean... I would even go alongside with the Intercontinental Championship. Well, I mean,
1: that's... She's on Monday Night Raw, so I said U.S. Uh, yeah,
0: that's true. That's I thought true. you were about to say
1: the, U- <laughs> the Universal Championship or something. I was like, I don't know about that just yet. But... I
0: mean, I would, I would go for... Uh, you know what? I would go for all of them, you know? I think that it's cool to set some different trends in there.
1: Well, backstage, yeah. Adam Pearce was interviewed, and he was pissed off at Paul Heyman. And Kathy Kelly asked him about Bobby Lashley and Adam Pearce was like, we spoke about it. I think he said we'll have an update soon on that. But then MVP interrupted and Sean Bennett interrupted him and told him something happened on the loading dock and then it ended up being Dolph Ziggler, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. And Dolph was like, it was the bloodline. So they continued their beat down. We saw the oc pick up the victory over alpha academy which i thought was a decent match i get the oc winning but i really i want wins for alpha academy i agree with you i think that it's about time that they
0: start to get wins especially because they are a legit tag team they do have double team moves and everything like that they i think that it's kind of criminal that they
1: aren't right now it just seems like every time they're on tv Not like nine, it's like maybe 99.9% of the time they're on TV, they lose. Yeah. But the bloodline ends up attacking the OC afterwards. And Sami Zayn said that Adam Pearce is only, uh, is the only one angry because the fans love them. And then he hypes up the match with him and, and Roman versus Kevin Owens and John Cena which leads to AJ Styles coming out of nowhere at the end of this segment as they were leaving and jumping Sami Zayn again and the OC and the Bloodline brawl again. And AJ wants a match set up with any of the members and Adam Pearce made it official. So Sami Zayn later on was going to face AJ Styles. Yeah, and I like the the late attack by AJ Styles too. Yeah, like, I feel like nowhere. we had that um, within this year with AJ Styles. Like, in the exact
0: same position. I could see that. I mean, AJ Styles, I mean, his finisher is the flying forearm, so it's so easy to, like, picture him flying out of somewhere. Right. But I feel like we've seen that, too. But next up, we had a backstage segment where Byron Saxton sat down with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair um, discussing everything that's been taking place recently.
1: Yeah, and Alexa Bliss was like, I don't know what's going on right now, and... I know what Bray Wyatt did to me. So she's aware of that. And um, Alexa Bliss said that Bray Wyatt left her. But I could swear she ends up leaving him and she was more powerful and that's why she had left. Is, is that not right? Like that whole I don't thing know with if, WrestleMania. Yeah, the,
0: I don't know if she was more powerful, but I do feel like something happened with a transition of
1: power for a moment where she was bleeding with the crown on her head. And I thought Um, the whole thing with Lily was like, as long as I have Lily, I can keep everything under control, but I am 100% more powerful than The Fiend. I don't know if
0: it was more powerful, but I feel like it's still a storyline that we just never got a conclusion to, which sucks because I I thought that WrestleMania match was entertaining, you know, but unfortunately we also... We also wanted more from it too.
1: Yeah, so I just didn't fully get that part of this segment, but um, mm-hmm. Bianca Belair just wasn't buying it and the Bray Wyatt logo flashed on the screen and Alexa Bliss ends up smashing a, a vase of Oz, whatever you call it, glass over Bianca Belair's head from behind.
0: Yeah, it was like something totally snapped within her. Yeah, she wished um, and very, uh
1: she wished Bianca Belair a merry blissmas.
0: Yeah, uh merry blissmas to all and to all a good night. Uh we haven't been seeing much of Oscar since last oh, week Oh, she though, left. Right? She
1: she tweeted she went back to Japan. She's pissed off or something.
0: Yeah, I I mean maybe something's taking place with that too. Maybe she's leaving for Japan and she's or quote unquote leaving for Japan and coming back.
1: What was it Kana? I don't think she's going to be coming back a different
0: name. Well, no, but that persona, right? Uh, like just that. It I guess was just
1: her name, though. I think.
0: Yeah, I guess that horror esque. I saw one clip of her the other day of her as a like an extraterrestrial kind of a thing, um, which is pretty interesting hmm. from a galaxy far, far away. But next up, you had a really fun match. It was a winner takes all ladder match in regards to the multi. What was it? How much money? I
1: don't There's remember how money. much money was, but it was double or nothing. It was a,
0: le- it was a legit, uh, money in the bank ladder match. Like there was uh... legit money up there. <laughs> so you had the Miz picking up the victory over Dexter Rumis in a double or nothing winner takes all ladder match. This match was so entertaining. You had Johnny Gargano before. Out there. Before
1: you get into that, though, I yeah. I kind of want to say I'm a bit disappointed that they weren't normal like brown bags of money, like the money sacks that I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, but it makes so much more sense as to why they were clear and you could see the actual money.
0: Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. I totally understand that. You know, I like the the spot where Loomis pushed the ladder over. When Miz was sat in the corner and like just missed him. Yeah. And uh Miz was happy about that and Loomis ends up drop kicking <laughs> the ladder into Miz. Yeah, I thought that both the Miz and Loomis were exceptional in this match. Yeah. Miz, but I didn't get why I didn't get the what were you gonna say? I was gonna say Miz buried Loomis under the the ladders and chairs and still tried to win, but Loomis popped up and and uh still was able to stop the miz from winning over there i like when the fans were chanting for miz to to bring out the table because yeah, we literally he, he, spoke about it last week i think
0: yeah no we uh, we spoke about it about bailey yeah for the war games match oh it was a few weeks ago then yeah it was bailey with the war games match he pretty much did exactly what we spoke about to take it out to get the the cheap pop and then just put it back down because you're a heel yeah um What I didn't understand is, why did the referee prevent Johnny Gargano from going after the Miz?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, that, yeah, I didn't understand that part. Miz, obviously, he took Johnny out after that. But, I don't know. And then Loomis went to put Miz through the commentary table, and Miz ends up moving before Loomis could connect with the leg drop. So, Loomis went through the table. But... Loomis was still able to get back up. And then we saw Bronson Reed make his return to WWE.
0: Yeah. What I liked about this was you didn't even see him get into the ring. You just saw Loomis up at the top. And then you see, um, as it expands or whatever, you see Bronson
1: Reed. I thought that was great. Yeah. And he went up to the top, hit thick, thick boom, as I call it. Uh, And then he helped Miz win and Twitter complained. Yeah. um, How does he go from wrestling Okada and getting a victory over him to helping The Miz win? God damn him for going back to WWE.
0: I mean, obviously people forget who The Miz is as well. (laughs) (laughs) The guy is a future Hall of of Famer, hands down.
1: Two-time Grand Slam Uh, champion.
0: Yeah, I think that this is great for him to come back.
1: How dare he Uh, not go back to NXT first? they didn't say that. <laughs> Did they say Kill that? Me. Yeah, people were like, why would uh, why would somebody that, that didn't have a name on the main roster just show up on the main roster? I, I, I tell you, Twitter is awful. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I, I would like for Twitter to stay with... around because it's a great way to promote our show. So we appreciate everybody that follows Eos... us.
0: Are they forgetting about EO Sky? Like, Eosky? like what, what are they, like... I don't... Twitter. Well,
1: no, because EO wasn't, like, a return, and then... She was a fired and return. No, at Summer, that was Dakota. At, at, what was it? Dakota was fired.
0: Dakota, okay, same thing. Not EO. She went from... All right, but even still, same point with Bronson Reed. Yeah. Where it went from fired to being brought back. Yeah. The only exception is that she didn't go across seas to face somebody of the names of Vokata. No, know, get over it, Marks, but keep on listening. We love you.
1: <laughs> after that, Sami Zayn picked up the victory over AJ Styles. Um, Entertaining match. I liked why it took place and how it was set up through what happened earlier. Mm-hmm. But Solo Sokoa made his way out during this, and AJ Styles went after him, and then we saw Sami Zayn distracted the referee, and Solo... Was back in it and hit the Samoan spike on AJ Styles. And then the freaking blue Thunderbomb wins the match for Sami Zayn. Yeah. It was, and Adam Pearce yelled at Sami and solo. I thought something was going to come from that, but... Nope. Not quite nothing. on Monday Night Raw. No. But...
0: We next saw up, Seth yeah, Rollins...
1: Seth- Come out, and he spoke about the U.S. championship match that takes place on the first episode of 2023. And Seth Rollins Uh, is in his hometown crowd. Yeah, which I once took a Seth Rollins hometown crowd t-shirt that they made and knocked it off for a Zack Ryder t-shirt because I liked it so much, and I thought they could have done it with, like, absolutely anybody on the roster. Mm Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. Iowa's own or whatever, so I have a shirt that says Long Island's own, and it's like yeah. the same style, on the, but different colors. On the
0: back, it says, like, sing with me or whatever. Sing for me.
1: That's, that's a new style shirt. It's it's not the same one.
0: No, no. The one that he was wearing on Raw. Yeah.
1: They, for some reason, they, when it was, I read the... It was the same concept, but but it yeah. was updated with a different when image
0: I, and everything. When I read the back of his shirt, I just thought of- I don't know if you'll get it, but I thought
1: of the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. I think I might have thought that too. Yeah, Really? But uh, I think so. Wow. I know the I thought song that was a unique from thought. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Sing with so. me. <laughs> or no, it's Sing For Me, isn't it? It's Sing For Me. Yeah, he's, I
0: think for that it's Sing For Me.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Seth Rollins brought up the bloodline and how they haven't done anything to him, but he wants the Usos to let Roman Reigns know that Mondays belong to Seth Rollins. And then Austin Theory came out and basically said that, um, or no, Seth Rollins, I think, said that the U.S. championship is the championship. And Austin Theory was like, because you're saying that, that means I am the champion. So the champ is here. So that seems like they're still setting up, planting seeds for Austin Theory versus John Cena at WrestleMania 39.
0: I think it's yeah. I think it's awesome because we saw the initial planting of the seeds. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't even know, I mean most likely most people haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know, you know if many where, people watch the stuff from evolve but yeah, I mean we were able But to I, he see might have been a, calling out Cena beforehand before that too.
0: It's possible. We were at an evolve uh, event. Where we got to see um, Austin Theory cut a promo after the show ended on uh, WWE and challenging John Cena to a matchup. So it would be interesting if that actually came into play at some point. If it resurfaced.
1: I, mm. It would be interesting. That would be very interesting if they did that. But, right. Yeah, but Austin Theory told Seth Rollins that he's going to p- pass the torch to him, whether he likes it or not, or he'll just take it. Nah. And then Seth said that Austin theory is not on his level. And theory was like, brother, you have the ball so many times and you keep fumbling it. And then he also called Seth Rollins, the third most successful member of the shield. So without actually mentioning, D- mentioning Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose was mentioned on Monday night, Raw, So I thought that was cool. And then Seth Rollins ends up challenging him to put the championship on the line right then and there. But the Usos showed up. And it looked like for a second Seth Rollins and Austin Theory were going to team up and defend Monday Night Raw. But Theory bounced. He like picked up his stuff and, and left the ring and left Seth Rollins there all by himself. And it was Kevin Owens who... Eventually made that save, which sets up a tag team match. And then later on, I liked when Seth and Kevin Owens were talking and and they were like, why did we stop tagging? And he brought up how Seth Rollins tried to steal Kevin Owens' WrestleMania moment and everything. So I thought that was really funny with Stone Cold Steve Austin. But we saw... Bailey pick up the victory over Becky Lynch. Uh, I thought this was going to be the main event, but it turned out to not be the main event. And Becky Lynch ends up challenging Bailey to not have damage control out there for their match, but they were out there. Yeah, they made their way uh, way out there. And eventually, I mean, people were kicked from ringside, but...
0: Of course, yeah. I mean, expected,
1: but... But that's when Bayley was able to clock Becky Lynch with the championship and hit the rose plant and pick up the victory. So
0: I mean, but this match itself was
1: awesome. Yeah, they had some really good chain wrestling in this match, which I feel like we don't really see.
0: Yeah, I mean, both Bayley and Becky Lynch in this match were going back and forth in a phenomenal way, and Becky Lynch was just
1: incredible. I feel like these two wrestlers are just on another level at times, you know? the The report... That came out, I guess, like, Sasha Banks is, like, 100% done with WWE as per all the sites and everything. Mm -hmm. And one of the things said that they didn't want to pay Sasha Banks the same amount of money as Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair because they didn't think she was worth it. And Hmm. to me, I feel like that's garbage. I feel like all four horsewomen should be making the exact same or close to the exact same thing. I'm going to... Obviously, disagree. obviously Charlotte has a lot more and obviously Becky Lynch has a lot more, but I think Sasha Banks is definitely up there. I'm I'm
0: going to disagree. I think that maybe she should get should be getting more than what she was getting, but I think that I think that in general, whatever you get paid shouldn't be based on every it should be based on your ticket sales, your But that's your, why what, I
1: think Royal Sasha um, Banks should 100% be up there. She's been on like the top merch seller list. That's the thing. I wouldn't be able to say,
0: at least in comparison to Charlotte or Becky Lynch. I mean, I don't think that Sasha Banks was on the man level at all. I, uh, when Becky Lynch was very like...
1: much so disagree with that.
0: Yeah. I, but I mean, I think that I don't know. I don't think that she's done with... I think at some point she is going to return to WWE. It's just going to suck some,
1: because I like when they're, when her theme song plays. It's the Snoop Dogg remix in 2K22. Mm-hmm. Seems like she's not going to be in 2K23. Yeah,
0: give it time. Give it time. But for the main event of the evening, you had Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins pick up the victory over the Usos. Um... This match was a lot of fun, a lot of back and forth, and I will I will say that I think that the Usos are the best tag team in pro wrestling right now. Oh, careful. Don't let Twitter hear you say that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Facts are facts.
1: Uh, Solo came out during this, and Gallows and Anderson end up, like, I thought taking care of him, but that didn't really end up being the case at the end of this segment, but Austin theory ends up clocking Seth Rollins with the U S championship from behind the referee didn't see it. And then Kevin Owens, he still hits that pop-up power bomb on Jimmy Uso and, and picks up that victory. Sammy shows up afterwards, goes to attack. And this is where it starts. Yeah. Yeah. He goes to attack Kevin Owens, but then he saw Sammy and Sammy stopped and he backed out of the ring.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I like the tease that was there because the both of them, uh, Kevin Owens started to unwrap his the tape around his fist, and then Sami Zayn started to unwrap the tape around his fist as if they were about to throw down bare knuckle, and then Sami got out of the ring. I
1: feel like maybe Sami Zayn costs the bloodline their match on SmackDown next week. Hmm. And then it, like, starts to spiral from that, leading to the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania? I hope not, because I think
0: that Sami Zayn with the bloodline has been the best thing with creative.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot a of fun. They put out that holiday card and everything, which was really fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the holiday yeah, yeah. video, so, I guess I should say.
0: Yeah, Sami Zayn as, like, the center of it. Yeah.
1: It was really funny that he portrayed Rudolph, basically. Yeah. (laughs) And his red hair glowed.
0: (laughs) I thought that that was hilarious. But, yeah, I hope that that doesn't happen with uh, Sammy costing anybody the matches. I mean, it's interesting right now because now you have Jimmy questioning Sammy. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw that a little bit on SmackDown, I believe, where you saw Jimmy questioning Sammy now instead of Jay questioning Sammy like how it used to be. Right. So I don't know. I it could happen at some point, but I hope it doesn't. I hope that they keep on playing it out until there's a time where maybe Sammy does cost Roman Reigns the championship, and that or turns it to Sammy Zayn versus Roman Reigns for the championship somehow. Mm, no, I don't. I don't see that happening. Think. Think about the reaction, though. Yeah,
1: but I don't see that happening. I could. I I would think that there's going to be. I mean I, I know what you're talking about, but I feel like once like who will end the Usos whatever record mm-hmm. uh tag team championship reign, it, it could be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I don't think I think that Because you have you have I can't see the that. factor of maybe Cody Rhodes and you have the factor of maybe The Rock. So I don't I don't know. My my mark dreams
0: is Sami Zayn beating Roman Reigns to become the fat, champion.
1: Fat chance. No, yeah. that—that's total... You have the exact same chances of me hoping last year of Cesaro getting into that championship match at WrestleMania and winning the title with, with Paul Heyman betraying Brock and Roman to become the new Paul Heyman guy again. Yeah. And I this know. time being WWE champion while being that Paul I mean, Heyman guy, if but.
0: that's the if that's the case, I don't think that having Sammy pair with Kevin Owens to overthrow the Usos would be best for Sammy. I think that Sammy right Why now he gets to be champion, aligned, of course. But I think that there's better ways for him to be champion while still maintaining with the bloodline. I think that him versus Kevin Owens is a historic feud that I think we would still need to see them go at it again. Uh, no, I don't think so. We've had a lot of
1: Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens in WWE. And,
0: and I'll be honest, I think we're still go- I think
1: that we're still going to see a, a lot more of the two of them facing each other. I don't know about that. I mean, but, we have it definitely for next week's SmackDown, but
0: yeah, which is going to be incredible. But this know? this
1: Monday night Raw felt like one of those yeah. like there was something preventing some of the locker room from getting there, so we had to do something with what we have. Really, I didn't. What do you mean? To me, that like because I guess maybe with how much the OC was involved, with how much the bloodline was involved, it felt I like s- they were maybe like buying time. The thing is, I understand what you're saying,
0: but it I wasn't, feel like it's
1: not bad. Yeah, that's the that's thing. What it usually,
0: felt whenever like. that vibe, usually whenever that vibe hits, it seems off and everything. But no, the no, show, no,
1: not at all. Because we had stuff like that. We've had like. Um, when NXT came to Raw, that's true. That's that's very true. That's an
0: exception. That's
1: though. what it. I, that's what it feels like. One of those episodes.
0: Okay, I I, I could agree with you on that one. It's then. not feeling like a Blizzard thought, episode not, where
1: it's like yeah, they're at WWE s- in, in Connecticut.
0: Yeah, I mean, this wasn't like NXT one where you really had everybody come on in, but no, this it one just was very like because of how it was, involved
1: the bloodline was.
0: Yeah, and the OC, but even still. I think that overall, this was a well done Monday Night Raw. Um, and, next week, there is yeah. no
1: Monday Night Raw. It's a best of. So, no new action. Yeah. So, we don't have talk, to talk about Raw next week. But know, But talking about some
0: action, let's head on over to NXT. <laughs> Kicking off, we had a promo uh, dishing out what took place last week with Mandy Rose and Roxanne Perez. Um, but then... It led into Carmelo Hayes picking up the victory over Axiom. Very well-worked match. Um, Yeah, totally.
1: The one thing I didn't like... As you may mention... The referee not counting Axiom when his shoulders were down. Mm. He favorited my tweet, too, about it. I didn't tag him, but he favorited it. Maybe he's just... Maybe he didn't catch the mistake. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't, like position to they? see it i don't know it just didn't yeah. make sense because it seemed like he would have been perfect position but yeah trick williams ended up pulling axiom down behind the referee's back and carmelo hayes was able to take advantage of that to pick up the victory and it didn't hit me until the finish of this match that i think maybe the reason why lyra valkyria didn't get to keep her old finisher might have been because carmelo hayes is finisher because it's somewhat similar, and I only thought of that when Axiom, um, after the match when Axiom took Williams out, when Carmelo Hayes used that finisher. That's the only. Yeah, I think so. So that's unfortunate, but yeah, for Grayson sure. Grayson Waller was interviewed, and he said that he wants Braun Breaker in the championship. And he wants the championship uh, now. The the championship match then. And Mackenzie Ma- uh, Mitchell was like, brother, he's on a media tour promoting Vengeance Day. So clearly you're not getting that match. He's not even going to be there tonight.
0: I like that he was calling out people that weren't there, though. Very heel. Very heel.
1: Zoe Stark defeated Nikita Lyons. Uh, Stark tried to attack lions from behind, uh, during the entrance, but I guess she saw it coming and she kicked her. I will admit that I had lower expectations for this, but I thought it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that this entire storyline has to be coming to the end soon though. And I don't know what the next thing is for either women.
1: Well, Zoe reversed a pin into a pin and then held the ropes to pick up that victory. So... I don't know if it's ending anytime soon. I feel like it's
0: going to end with Lions picking up a victory over her. Yeah. But after that, I'm not too sure. I don't know.
1: Yeah. We saw Cora Jade interviewed, and she was asked about Roxanne Perez. And she called her lucky and said it was supposed to be her moment. And then Wendy Chu attacked her. So that match gets set up for next week on NXT. Yeah, but next up you had
0: Katana Chance and Kaden Carter pick up the victory over Toxic Attraction and Diamond Mine to retain the tag team championship. Uh this matchup itself was really awesome. I love the uh, tag team maneuvers between Diamond Mind.
1: I mean I liked also the stuff between Chance and Carter. Everybody. No everybody was doing tag moves.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: I like the uh the Hurricane Rana that Chance did to Tatum Paxley when she was on Caden Carter's shoulders on the uh, yes, rope. Oh yes,
0: yes, yes. That was a cool spot.
1: But then like you got the double team move from Diamond Mine where they had uh where Paxley was pulled off the top rope into like that twisting splash. Uh huh. Like the the modified cross armed iconoclasm or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was really by. nice. Yeah. But Ivy locked uh Dragon Sleeper. Yeah, onto Katana Chance and then Chance flipped over, got the pin. And then Diamond Mine was asked about the match later on, and Indus Shear ends up showing up. And they were like, We heard a rumor that Julius is a hundred percent cleared and they want proof. So uh Julius will be facing JD McDonough next week. So only time will tell when when we get into shear versus the Creeds. But that was that was a very, very well done women's tag team match for the championships. Yeah, I agree with you. I do. Uh, after that, we saw Oro Mensa, a video vignette for him. He's dancing in clubs now. I don't know how we got he's to this point. He's a dance machine. Isn't, isn't that Katana Chance and Caden Carter's gimmick? Eh, maybe he's working in on it. You know? We saw Roxanne Perez and Booker T in a sit-down interview, which I liked this because Booker T was there basically from day one. Yeah, she trained. And with, he asked her uh, how Booker. it felt to. Yeah, he asked how it felt to win, and she was like, "It's unexpected." And then she ends up asking him for advice, and he was just like, "Butterflies, man. If if you don't get them, then you don't, you shouldn't continue or whatever." Yeah. And she's like, "I know what to do." So what what she's gonna do from here, I don't know. I'm not too sure either. But, but.
0: next up, you had Apollo Cruz hit on the ring
1: to check and he congratulated Roxanne yeah. Perez. I that thought was that cool. was cool, but he wants a title shot still at vengeance day and Carmelo Hayes interrupted. It and he's like, you're not, you're not even like you lost. I'm next in line. And Cruz is like, no matter how good you think you are, there's always going to be somebody out there. Who's better. And then told him to name the time and place, so I assume it's going to be New Year's Eve that those two face off against each other? Most likely. Most likely. Uh, We saw Electra Lopez pick up the victory over Indy Hartwell. Kind of a weird match. Yeah, I was not expecting Indy Hartwell to lose in this. But uh, Electra Lopez pulled out brass knuckles behind the referee's back from the, the turnbuckle. And punched Indy Hartwell when she went for that backdrop suplex. Yeah, clocked her right in the head, and then the referee didn't see it at all. You know, cheap right. victory. Which I like that, that aspect of it. The the match itself, though, was yeah. kind of off to Okay. Me. Earlier backstage, when Alba Fire was walking, Isla Dawn ended up blowing red powder into her eyes. She ends up getting cleared, but she went out to face Sol Ruka, and the match didn't happen because Isla Dawn came out and continued to attack Alba Fire, and she smashed her arm in that the steel steps with the baseball bat.
0: I like that. So I like I that spot too. The to baseball bat match. spot.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was just looking forward to the match because we put over Sol Sol Ruka. Last I know. Week.
0: I mean, it's going to be interesting what's going to happen with Sol Ruka though too. Now with her involvement, if if she's even going to have another rematch, I don't think or... she's
1: there's nothing. I don't think there's like even like an involvement yeah, with her. Though. Yeah. She was just a name to put yeah. out there. After that, we saw Chase U. They had a uh, Christmas party and a Secret Santa, which Andre Chase ended up yelling at somebody for getting him fruitcake because he's allergic to it. <laughs> a lot of people seem to have fruitcakes there. <laughs> and I've never had one. Have um, you? I want to say yes, but I really don't know. I'd be open I to it. I feel like there's nuts in it. I don't know. There has to be nut-free I you. think there's nuts. I'm sure there's a nut-free especially in 2022. Yeah. but. Um, But Duke ends up telling somebody that the D needs to speak to them and he took their present because he forgot that it was Secret Santa. And he got Andre Chase like a best professor award or something like that. Yeah, but this Um, led into Gulak Gulak backstage.
0: Well, I guess not backstage, but in the ring training, uh, he is starting to take people under his wing a little bit.
1: Yeah, and Hank Walker approached him and asked him for advice, and then Gulak said he's hosting a seminar next week, and he wants Hank to attend and observe it, not partake yeah, to in it. Yeah, sit though. on
0: the sidelines and, and observe. Just watch.
1: Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I
0: like that Gulak's getting involvement with NXT a little bit more, and more now, too. Yeah. but
1: Earlier in the night, though, we saw Fallon Henley, Josh Briggs, and Brooks Jensen at, the, at Fallon Henley's bar and the, the bills are piling up on the bar and Kiana James showed up and said that the bar owes thousands so she paid the bills off and the bank placed a lien on the bar so she's going to eventually end up buying it from the bank soon and Fallon challenged her to a one on one match next week where if she wins Kiana James stops and then if Kiana James wins she's going to get the bar. So, it seems like they're going to get the bar. Yeah. But backstage, we saw uh, Fallon Henley, Josh Briggs, and Brooks Jensen interviewed, and Kiana James interrupted that. And she wished Jensen good luck in his match. Yeah, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, you know. She gave him that shirt the other day. She's trying so... to put the moves on him. I don't know if it's she's actually attracted to him or she's using him for intel against the Yeah, it could bar.
0: just be mind games, but who knows? Main event of the evening, you had New Day. Pick up the victory over Briggs and Jensen to retain the tag team championships.
1: Um, also, the segment with Pretty Deadly earlier when they were trying to get their rematch from yes. New Day. And they had to bring a bunch of gifts. I thought that was funny because they wanted stuff like Tyler Breeze's selfie stick or Nails's jumpsuit and... Um, Santino's Cobra, yeah. But Kiana James again sitting ringside for this match. Gotta make you wonder. But I liked it. I thought it was definitely something that Briggs and Jensen needed in their careers for NXT. Yeah, and I think that's one of the benefits of New Day being down there. Yeah, and I think it there was like a lot of mul- like multiple spots in this that it made it look like Briggs and Jensen could actually win. Like, did I think they would? know? But the fans ate this up. Yeah. And there were a bunch of good, like, false finishes here.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the so. fans loved it, and I think that the fans love seeing the New Day. And it was a, really, it was a great match.
1: And we continue to get that really good New Day Rocks chant down there. That is very true. Backstage, we saw Tony D'Angelo... Um, he, he's getting a North American championship match next week against Wesley. Wesley was interviewed about it. But Tony ends up sending Stacks to tell Dijak to stay out of his way next week. So most likely Dijak's going to show up during that match and cost Tony the match. We end NXT with Grayson Waller coming out. Calling Braun Breaker out. Calls him a coward for not showing up. Basically referred to himself as the best and said that, like, nobody can touch him in NXT, which I thought maybe we would see, like, somebody big return or Uh something there. Braun ends up showing up, beeping his horn and everything. So he did show up, even though he was out with the media tour, and ends up spearing Grayson Waller and gets knocked out.
0: Yeah, I mean, because i Grayson
1: Waller like Goldberg and Bret Hart had that steel plate. Yeah,
0: he and he outsmarted Brown he hit him with the spear. And for a few seconds, he's just laying on top of Waller. And then Waller starts to move and reveals that he had the the plate underneath. Um, I yeah. thought that this was a genius spot, especially with Waller being such a heel. I I'm still going to say I think Waller's going to win the championship.
1: Twitter didn't think so.
0: No way. What did with? Oh, God, <laughs> Twitter. I hate you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they did the Breton and ben Goldberg spot.
0: So, what's wrong with doing
1: a spot that's been done? Didn't somebody do that recently, though? I could swear we saw that recently again. I'm not too sure. But I can't think
0: of who it was. I'm not too sure. I mean, for a while, I mean, many people had the steel plate on the chest. I mean, well, D'Lo Brown, it was his gimmick for a while.
1: I mean, that was because he had the hurt ribs. Yeah, I mean,
0: but even still, I think that b- just because they did a Brett Goldberg spot, give me a break. I thought that this spot was very uh, good. Uh, what I would say is that, do you think that it was a well-timed spot?
1: Like, do you think I that it should have been... I don't think that should have closed the show. Okay. There wasn't, like, a, that big of a build for for us to be told Braun Breaker wasn't there at the beginning of the show, and then at the end of the show, Braun shows up. Do you think... I don't think it was like a big enough thing. Do you thing. think that
0: that spot should have been done during an actual match or closer to a pay-per-view? Like maybe a week before the pay-per-view?
1: No, not definitely not a week before because then Brown Breaker's not 100% Which is
0: great. No, isn't that something that Waller would technically want is to yeah, As but I don't think have I don't think the higher-ups would want that. I think that that would be great because then it then it becomes it gives in know I mean in a viewership at mind. It gives Waller a fighting chance now that he he injured Braun Breaker because of that spear the week before. Is he going to be able to overcome it know. now? I think that it's a solid, but I don't know. That's the the steel plate was definitely solid. That's for sure. But yeah, that closed out and, and yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean it didn't close out.
1: Well, no, that did close out NXT.
0: Yeah, you know, it did (laughs) close out NXT.
1: (laughs) Moving over to SmackDown. The Bloodline opened the show with Paul Heyman hyping up the tag title match for later on. Uh, Also, Solo Sokoa versus Sheamus next week, as well as the tag match with John Cena next week. And then Roman Reigns spoke, Sami Zayn spoke. Sammy addressed Kevin Owens and was super fired up for this. I thought it was really well done. They go into the Usos picking up the victory over Hit Row to retain the tag team championships. I think it was pretty obvious. The match I thought was okay, but Top Dalla injured his leg during this, so he couldn't do what he was going to to the Usos and basically led to them hitting 1D on... On uh, top dollar to pick up that victory. Um, after that, Raquel Rodriguez won the number one contender gauntlet. Zia Lee started with Emma, and she beat Emma. She beat Tegan Knox. Then Raquel Rodriguez came in and beat Zia Lee and then Liv Morgan and Sonya Deville. But this is not where I want Emma to be. She was barely in this match. Tegan Knox was barely in this match. And I still don't really understand Zia Lee getting the opportunity after she did what she did last week. But Raquel was in the match. She had her arm broken still. It was worked by Liv Morgan. Uh, I've, maybe by Zia Lee as well. But definitely Liv Morgan. Definitely Sonya Deville. And it was weird because it was like almost nothing happened in this match. And I don't know if they cut stuff from it or what, but. And it's not like it was a bad match. It was just weird. And then Ronda Rousey came out afterwards and said that she has another opponent. It was Shayna Baszler. And Shayna Baszler worked over Raquel Rodriguez's broken arm. And even with her working the absolute hell out of the arm, she got rolled up with a quick pin and won. And then that match is next week for the championship. After that, Bray Wyatt came out. And he was like, L.A. Knight owes me an apology because I told you Uncle Howdy is not me. And then he lost his train of thought and, like, crouched down, really trying to remember what he was going to say, I guess, and then locked the, the cameraman in the uh, the mandible claw. So it's it's very similar, like, how we saw Alexa Bliss go for the sister Abigail or smash the vase... Over Bianca Belair's hair uh, head on on Monday Night Raw, how Uncle Howdy affected her before Bray Wyatt. That uh, that's that's interesting to me. I wonder how that happens. After that, Rey Mysterio picked up the victory over Angel Garza. Uh, this match was set up on SmackDown, the SmackDown Lowdown last week, based on the comment that. Carrying Cross said, calling Rey Mysterio past his prime. And uh Cross and Scarlett stood in the, the crowd to watch this match. But Umberto ends up saving Angel Garza from the 619. And Rey Mysterio jumps out of the ring onto him, and then Angel Garza eventually tries his own 619, which I thought that was that was entertaining. And Rey Mysterio reversed it, hit a hurricane rana into the ropes, hits the 619. It's a slingshot, DDT picks up the victory there. I would definitely like to see a, a much longer version of that match. But backstage, Emma ends up yelling at Karrion Cross and Scarlet for disrespecting Rey Mysterio and Riddick Moss. And then she even slapped Scarlet Bordeaux, so I'm pumped to see that that mixed tag match. But again, this isn't really where I was hoping for. Emma to be when she returned to WWE, but that's what's happening. They aired a very long John Cena video package to hype him up for next week. And they also had a Lacey Evans video package um, or a vignette, I guess, where she's starting her mission next week. So she's going to be returning. I assume picking up the victory over whoever she faces on SmackDown. Main event saw Braun Strowman and Ricochet pick up the victory over Kaiser and Vinci from Imperium in a Miracle on 34th street fight. It took a while before the street fight aspect kicked in. And I don't get why that happens in, in wrestling these days. You see it a lot in AEW when they do that. Um, but it, it's fun to see the like the candy cane, kendo stick stuff. It's fun to see all the Christmas stuff. Vinci at one point got busted the absolute heck open, but the beginning of the end really came. We saw uh, two two giant boxes on on each end of the stage, and Imperium unwrapped one, and a ballerina came out and danced the what is it the sugar plum fairy gimmick, and then Imperium opened the other box, and it was New Day dressed as toy soldiers, and they did some nut cracking, which I thought was funny, and Braun Strowman ends up bringing them both back to the ring. Ricochet was knocked out from a chair shot. So he he gets a, the bright idea to grab some mistletoe and he makes Samantha Irvin kiss Ricochet under the mistletoe, which I thought was a, a funny spot to perk him up. And then Ricochet ends the, the match by doing a move off of Braun Strowman's shoulders to pick up the victory. So all in all, it was a tape smackdown. It was half weird, half entertaining, That's wrestling, I guess. But I'm going to take a quick little break right now, and I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Ho! Hey, folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And if you want to check out a podcast, I said, if you want to check out a podcast, check out Marking Out, tough guy. Ho! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 620. Here by myself this week, going to do Rampage from last week. It opened with John Moxley picking up the victory over Sammy Guevara. The blood stuff that happened in this match, absolutely disgusting. I don't know if Mox cut his ear or if his ear was just bleeding or whatever, but like, I'm fine with the blood, but when you start rubbing it all over you and you make out with blood all over your face, that's just disgusting to me. Uh, I did like Sammy hitting the Death Rider in this match, though. But import more importantly, I should say, afterwards, Mox calls Hangman out. They brawled. He took out security. So at this point, storyline-wise, he's not medically cleared. I don't know how you're not making him sit home. How's he not get suspended for taking out security? That doesn't make sense. But um FTR had a promo. They spoke about this past year and brought up the guns, which sets up Dynamite. Soraya also had a promo where she's coming for Britt and Jamie Hader. Jade Cargill and the baddies also had a uh, segment where Jade Cargill got into it with Red Velvet and they mentioned Bow Wow again. But nothing came from that. Nothing this week at least. Britt Baker picked up the victory over Sky Blue, which was an expected victory. But uh, Sky Blue still got a lot of offense in and she's continuing to improve every week. Um, There's just no way she was winning this match. But Hikaru Ishida ran down afterwards and attacked Britt Baker with the kendo stick. And then just she just got into uh, Jamie Hader's face. Preston Vance had to sit-down with Jim Ross. And he's like. My boss isn't a 10 year old kid. And he spoke about how he was handpicked by Brody. And nobody else was. I, I guess Anna Jay was. But she's already out of the dark order. And he called 10 a spoiled brat. And told him to grow up. So we didn't really find out. Why he did what he did. But that was what we got. Wardlow picked up the victory over Exodus Prime. He called Joe out afterwards. Joe appeared backstage and said he's going to put the title on the line uh, against Wardlow on December 28th. Main event saw the best friends, Dustin Rhodes, teaming up to defeat the Butcher and the Blade, as well as uh, Kip Sabian and Trent Seven. But I feel like nothing happened in this match. It was weird, but the spot where Orange Cassidy acted as if Bunny kicked him below the belt, then Danhausen did the same thing with Penelope Ford, that was a good spot, but it makes me feel like this should have been an opening match instead of the main event, which should have been Mox and Sammy. But I feel like the only reason why this was the main event was because of Dustin. So that's AEW Rampage. Moving over to Dynamite, Ricky Starks. Open the show saying he wishes he was champion, but he has self-respect and dignity, unlike MJF, who cheated to win. Um, And then he said next time they're in the ring together, he's going to win. It's not the end of the road for him, and he knows he'll work his way back up. That's when the Jericho Appreciation Society came out, and Jericho's like, I've been watching you for a long time. And you're not a dollar, a dollar store version of anyone, which is alluding to what MJF called him the other week. And he was like, I know you're going to be champion someday, but you're not ready for that just yet. And then they I basically invited him to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. He declined, and he was like, because of the loss of uh, against Andretti last week, your stock has dropped and the J in JAS must stand for jobber. And then he pitched Jericho versus Starks on January 4th. Hager ends up attacking him from behind and Andretti makes the save. He took out three members of the JAS, including Jericho. I didn't get it. The segment to me sets up Starks and Andretti versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. But that that didn't happen. And later on, Andretti was being interviewed and Jericho, uh, Team 3.0 showed up. And they were like, oh, we just want to give you props. And then Jericho hits him with a fireball off camera out of nowhere. So maybe he'll be taken off television for now. After that, the Elite picked up the victory over the Death Triangle in a no DQ match. Nakazawa got involved. Brandon Cutler tried to, but Alex Aberhantes blocked him, and then Cutler sprays him in the face with his, uh, I don't know, whatever spray you call that, and Penta ends up kicking Cutler in the face. Death triangle, beat the Elite down with hammers afterwards. This match was, the whole match was built on hammers, and the Elite didn't use them at all. That to me was dumb, especially because we've seen in a prior match, Matt went to go use the hammer. So I don't know how you have a match built around hammers are legal and then not use hammers at all. There was an interview with Brian Danielson and Renee Paquette and she asked him where the Blackpool Combat Club stands and he's like, I don't expect anybody to forgive what William Regal for what he did. And then he spoke about training in San Antonio and how he was trained by Rudy Boy, Gonzalez, and Shawn Michaels. Perhaps the first Shawn Michaels chant in AEW history. But he spoke about how it was actually William Regal who really made him into the person he is today. And he's like, there are consequences for your actions. So he called MJF out. But instead of MJF, it was Ethan Page. And I thought Ethan Page had some really good heat here. And he threatened to turn Brian Danielson into a vegetable. And Brian was like, well, come do it. And Ethan Page was like, next week. So I guess that sets up a match between them next week. Samoa Joe had a promo uh, about Christmas and Wardlow, whatever. Hook picked up the victory over Exodus Prime. This was the guy that I spoke about before with Wardlow. He picked up the victory on Rampage against him. Uh, the Firm attacked um, Jungle Boy backstage. So not much of a match, probably going to lead to a tag match perhaps, or maybe not. I mean, they set up a tag match earlier and it didn't happen. Um, also earlier, John Moxley cut a promo and he wants to know when it's going to end with Hangman basically saying boo-hoo. You got knocked out. That's wrestling brother. Seemed kind of heelish. And then he went on to defeat Darius Martin. And I think for what happened in this match, it went too long. Because there was almost no offense from Darius. And Mox controlled a majority of it. So it just, it didn't seem like it should have been that length of a time. Uh, that length of a match. But after that, the guns picked up the victory over FTR. I like that Hitman gear from the Guns. But FTR was still injured from the double dog collar match. So they had that against them. But it seemed like they were going to win, but the Guns ended up cheating. So they were the ones to actually pick up the victory there. I think we could just, in due time, perhaps see them take those AAA tag team titles off of them. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I would like for that to happen. They aired a Sanjay Dutt diss track. That uh, wasn't actually the worst thing on on Dynamite, but it sets up a thing for, for Rampage. The worst thing on Dynamite, you had Rick Ross come out to mediate our Gloria. Glory. I don't know who Gloria is. <laughs> but I couldn't care less about this segment because Swerve and our glory has pretty much been broken up since they started tagging in AEW. And I think this feud should have been over by now. Swerve ends up coming out late and told Keith Lee to have eyes in the back of his head and Parker Boudreaux shows up and attacks Keith Lee. And then Keith Lee immediately makes him look like a little puppy dog and takes him out. I don't know why if you're going to redebut somebody you're going to have him not be that powerful beast over Keith Lee. And then it's like are the trust busters no longer a group? I don't I don't understand what's happening with that. That, that, that makes no sense to me that Parker's in this in this predicament. But he ends up getting taken out. And then another guy comes in. Attacks Keith Lee. No idea who it is. A tad, his face is all tattooed and everything. He's got uh, dreadlocks. And then Swerve ends up doing a double stomp from the top rope onto the steel steps and smashes. Through a cinder block on Keith Lee's chest. And I think... This might have been, a lot of people are saying this might be the worst segment in AEW history. I think it might be the worst segment in in wrestling this year. Rick Ross turned heel during it. He was doing the worst commentary. And uh, cursed on live TV. I don't know. I didn't know they were allowed to do that. (laughs) It didn't seem like they were allowed to the way Tony Schiavone and Keith Lee reacted to it. But this segment was awful. The women deserved a much better segment to go into the main event. Jamie Hayter picks up the victory over Hikaru Shida to retain the AEW Women's Championship, and I was definitely pumped for this match. But that segment beforehand was just so bad, so it like took me a bit to get into it. But when it was all said and done, it was a really good match. I liked the the suplex from Hikaru Shida off the the ring apron, but. Britt Baker and Rebel both got involved. Britt had the kendo stick, which Hikaru Shida ends up taking out of her hands. And she took Britt Baker out. After the match, they continued the beatdown. Tony Storm almost makes a save. And then the final save was Soraya. And uh, for me, that storyline, like I said the other week, who's going to be Soraya's partner on January 11th? It's written to be Tony Storm she made the save for Tony Storm against her opponents on January 11th. So will that happen? Who knows? We'll see. That's AEW Dynamite. Um, also, hopefully we get more matches like that. Jimmy Hader and Hikaru Shida on, on Dynamite and Rampage because they absolutely killed it. But that's, that's Dynamite. Hey, Brandon, who are you shouting out? This is Droopy Dog and you're listening to Brandon's shout-out. Cecily Strong gets the first shout-out. It was announced maybe two hours before SNL this last this last episode that she's gonna be leaving the show. <sighs> that night. I don't get like
0: was this something that was like before the season we had a list of people that were gonna be
1: done. A list of people left the show, yeah, before the season. Was she one of those? No, I guess she just wanted to do this, and then she always intended on leaving. I guess maybe in the middle of the season or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. it sucks. I mean, I but thought that her she and was uh, one of the, Kate
0: McKinnon one of the funnier ones. Yeah,
1: her and Kate McKinnon are tied at eleven years as the longest running female cast members on Saturday Night Live. Kate McKinnon, I still don't but, think is that funny. Yeah, in my opinion, she was much better than Kate and should have been the one that was getting all the. One hundred percent, I agree. I think Cecily Strong is really smart out there. And I liked. Uh, I think my favorite character of hers is the one from Weekend Update that she does, the girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation mm-hmm. with at a party. I always figured that, like, maybe she was like, like a drunk party girl character, but maybe it was just mostly like unintelligent stuff that she was doing that made it funny. Yeah. Because, like, she's trying to say something important, but it's just not coming out correctly. Mm-hmm. But I think Cecily's going to be very missed on Saturday Night Live.
0: I agree with you. I think that she definitely is. I
1: think that they do have a talented cast right now. It's definitely some, like, weird transition phase, though, because so many people left. Yeah, and they did, they did just
0: bring in a lot of new faces, and... I think that – I don't know. And it takes a lot – I mean, obviously, I've been very vocal about SNL sucking, in my opinion, uh, within the recent years. But I think that McKinnon leaving, I feel like re- this season, I think that it's been really uh job well done so far.
1: I did but, like when uh, they brought up how her uh, – I don't forget exactly what the setup of the joke was, but it was about – her going like she was going to be just fine afterwards, and she has two friends on the inside, and it was Kate McKinnon and Adi Brian and Radio Shack, I think. I, whatever it was, I think that was on Weekend Update. Oh. I don't think it was on the Radio Shack sketch. But I liked her send off too, where Austin Butler sang the the Blue Moon, not Blue Moon, Blue Christmas. Yeah,
0: um, to her. And then you elder, even had so. a, another send off during the Radio Shack with Keenan, kind of. Talk speaking about her the entire time, you know, yeah. but and that will deserve for all that, how long she's been with them and stuff. I thought the host was really good too, you yeah. know, but
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. next shout out is going to the Bruce Springsteen song, I'll See You in My Dreams, which is the song that I brought up after Luke Harper passed away. I gave it a shout out last year around this time as well because. The the lyric in it is, for death is not the end, and I'll see you in my dreams, and I really don't think there's a week that goes by where I don't think about Brody, which is weird. Like, obviously, I never met him. I'm a fan, big, big fan of him, but it's just like, I'll be sitting watching TV or something, and i just like, oh, and then, like, something triggers where I I think of Luke Harper or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's also like whenever I hear the song, I think about him. But yeah. it's just one of those deaths that it still was just like a giant shock. Yeah, it's so sudden. And Monday marks two years since he passed away. So just go out of your way. I know it's Christmas this weekend, but go out of your way and watch some of his matches this weekend. Yeah. And then my last shout out goes to Dino Danelli, who passed away last week at the age of 78. He was a co-founder and drummer for the Rascals, the Young Rascals as well. Um, they had such hits as A Beautiful Morning, Good Lovin', Groovin', and so many more songs. I got to see him live twice when the Rascals reunited. They did Broadway. They started in Connecticut first. They did a uh, maybe like two weeks in, in Connecticut, I think it was, in... Um, 2012 and then this the show got picked up to go to broadway mm-hmm. so i got to see them in 2013 all together and then i saw them once at jones beach i already saw felix cavalieri at uh he was the, f- the very first concert i went to but to have all four band members together was really cool and it's very unfortunate when somebody like that passes away because <sighs> these concerts that i go to i'm i'm really. I'm just happy I get to see them live when I did. That's cool. Yeah, so those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our Mark out moment of the week. That is right our mark out moment of the week. Do you have any? I do not. Nothing comes to mind. How about you? I got to say Matt Cardona wore new versions of his ECW style gear for his match against Bully Ray at the ECW arena this past weekend. Yeah, that was awesome. So I I definitely, I marked out of that, but that's really all I have for a mark out moment of the week. That's episode 620 folks. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out. Marking out. On Twitter, on TikTok, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, Out, Instagram, Marking Out Eleven, YouTube is Marking Out Eleven, bttg one six one on both, Chris Sweendog on Twitter, CM Sweeney eighty five on Instagram, David PtdPT on both, MarkingOut.com, ProWrestlingTees.com, Pro Wrestling Merry slash Merry Markinout. Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh,
0: Happy Hanukkah.
1: Yes. But listen to us: Spotify podcasts, Google podcasts, Amazon Not podcasts, Apple. and yes, we wish you
0: <laughs> the
1: best of run. luck your in your endeavors. future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Uh-huh.